of all, you guys, I don't think that I emphasized enough when I kicked off Queen's sixth album, News of the World, just how radically different, monumental, important the album is. Because as I started digging into the song some more, and I started to prepare for the Queen Deep Dive we're going to do today, I thought, you know, this is really where it started. Yes, the guys had a major, major, monumentally important superstardom kickstarting breakthrough with Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course, very important. Cannot be overstated just how vital that song is in their catalog. But here's what happened. You know, we, we went through a night at the opera. We went through a day at the races, which in my opinion has stronger compositions than opera, even though it doesn't have as many standout numbers. Although of course we have somebody to love, which is Freddie Mercury's. It was his own favorite song and a fantastic piece of songwriting and in many ways more memorable, singable than Bohemian Rhapsody. But we went through a day at the races and honestly, yeah. That album is generally considered less of a standout than opera. So we get through all that and we start News of the World here and everything is different. We have a minimal approach. We have a stark approach. We have an angry approach. Yeah, we've heard the guys kick and scream and shout and (laughs) it's funny, I just said kick and that made me think of the drums. Awesome, but it's true. We've heard them go all outrage in songs before. Liar is a great example, and that's off their first album. So we have no shortage of angst, but the truth is News of the World is their first fully, very much angsty, edgy rock and roll album. Really, truly. And the other thing is, the song we're going to talk about today is so big, and the next one will be as well, of course, The guys really started to hit the big time, especially in the United States, and this was groundbreaking for them. So many firsts with this track, with this album, and it all kick-started here. Ah, This is dive number 57. Track number one on Queen's sixth album, yeah, News of the World. This is Brian May's brilliant, innovative composition. And it's called, We Will Rock You. I should have just started this episode, stomp, stomp, clap. (laughs) That's all I should have said. Because that's all that needs to be said, right? This, This track is not unknown. It's funny that we're getting into the songs now that so many people know. They aren't scattered hits here and there. There's a lot more songs that have become anthems that last and last, and this is one of them. It's arena hard rock. Absolutely. It was the B-side of We Are the Champions, released on October 7th of 77 in the UK, and it was released as a double A-side with We Are the Champions on October 25th, 1977, in the United States. That was a big deal. And we'll talk a little bit more about why that was so huge for the guys. This charted at number four in the U.S., their highest chart 
yet, their highest charting yet. So as I was saying, this is a very, very big deal. This really put the guys on the map, especially when it came to the U.S. audience and touring throughout the U.S., which just got bigger and bigger. This is this is this is at 81 beats per minute, 175 beats per minute for the fast version. Yep, there are two different versions to this song. And the truth is, guys, 81 beats per minute, I don't think that's accurate. I think that might be the cut time. That's actually the tempo I found when I looked this up. But the thing is, stomp, stomp, clap. Those are the beats one, two, three. We're in four, four time signature. And it's not stomp, stomp, clap. It's stomp, stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap. You know, it's, it's fast. So I think the beats per minute we have here, the 81, is not actually real. <laughs> I think we're at double that at about 162 beats per minute. But yes, there is a fast version of We Will Rock You. It's 175 beats per minute. It's very important to make that distinction between these two. We will talk more about that in great detail. You know me, never a shortage on the deets. We're in two keys, E minor and A major. And do I even need to tell you, Queen's gonna rock us, especially those of us who've been kicked around or who've been doing the kicking around. More specifically, Brian wrote the lyrics emphasizing the futility of man. And supposedly the chorus is not a rally cry, but a Czech lullaby in which a parent promises a child, quote, we will, we will rock you to sleep. I don't know how accurate that is. Guys, I did a lot of sleuthing to find information about the composition of the song. And strangely enough, digging through all the archives, all the interviews given over the years, I couldn't really find a distinctive answer from Mr. Dr. Brian May. So we can kind of take that as we will but there's more to this and why he wrote it. We're going to talk about that, of course, as we go on. But this song, it's highly experimental. The most radical shift in sound yet and a stark contrast to anything we've previously heard from Queen. We Will Rock You packs a slightly punk, anthematic punch. I, I don't even know if anthematic is actually a word, you guys, but I love to say it. <laughs> even if it was partially inspired by the arrival of punk on the scene, the guys give it their own rowdy and rockin' spin. It's entirely constructed using stomps, claps, layers of unified voices, and Freddie's pentatonic lead vocal performance. The only instrument to appear is, of course, Brian's beloved Red Special in one of his most rousing and memorable performances ever. And this feels nothing like Queen, really. And I can only imagine at the time what fans and critics thought because we, we go from lush, rich arrangements to totally stark and minimal. Gone are the lavish and extravagant melodies and harmonies. The reflection, the softness, and the camp are noticeably absent. And we've no doubt the direction Queen are heading the moment this busts in. Immediately, Queen set this apart from anything before it, aggressively setting the stage for all the angst and the edginess that was to come. Freddie's voice is all grit, and the guy's layered vocals in the backing are loud and heavy, and Brian's guitar is all rock and roll, baby. <laughs> this song is so powerful, 
in its rally cry that we have a wonderful teaser of the rest of News of the World. This is their third most played song live. 645 times in the classic lineup. Queen and Adam Lambert have played it 312 times and Queen and Paul Rogers played it 108 times, including covers from many, many bands. This has been played over 3,000 times live, probably more. And the boys played both the classic album version we all know and love from many, many a game, (laughs) usually at the end of their set, as well as a fast version that kicked off their set. The former was very much like the album version, of course, with the audience providing the stomping and clapping alongside Roger's rough and loud drums. And Freddie and the crowd would sing along in perfect unison. Brian always had a ball with his guitar solo, creating occasional variations of the arrangement, but not as much of a shift from the album version. I think because this song became so iconic so quickly, Brian perhaps found it important, and this is just my guess, to retain that arrangement of his guitar solo. If you listen to a lot of songs from the albums that are lesser known, he deviates quite a bit. He'll go up and down the scale differently. He'll do different trills. He'll slide in in moments that you don't expect. But here, he kind of really does stick to the album arrangement. I think that's important. And I think he knew that was important. But the fast version, also known as the BBC version of We Will Rock You, it has a full band arrangement. It omits all the stomps and claps and busts out straight out the gate in a furious tempo. It's much more like earlier, heavier Queen tracks. Reminds me of numbers like Stone Cold Crazy, Tie Your Mother Down. The guitar is ferocious, the energy insane, the drumming intense, and John bopping on his bass. Every time I think about the fast version, I see Freddie in his black cap, red leather pants, and his jacket. (laughs) He'd proceed to strip down as the concert went on. (laughs) Queen created this alternate version partially to rouse the audience at the beginning of their shows. And a recording of this fast punk-like version was done in the studio. It's very, very cool. You can look it up on YouTube. It's quite awesome. When I think about the fast version too, it makes me think about... So in my kickoff for this whole album, I talked about this documentary that Bob Harris was doing for the BBC when the guys were kicking off their News of the World tour. And there's actually footage of the guys talking about their set list. And you hear Freddie say something about where they're going to put We Will Rock You. And he's like, well, we can't put it at the end because, you know, we, we can't sing We Will Rock You if we've already rocked them. <laughs> and I, I think, okay... When was that discussion, when was that filmed? Because, of course, they they wrote and performed this fast version. So anyway, that's just a fun little tidbit. If you dive into that footage, which is quite long, if you dive into it, you'll see the guys sitting in this circle on stage just talking about the tour. And yeah, Freddie says that gem. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And again, guys, I dug and dug to find information about this song. And I was particularly interested in Brian's comments because he wrote it. And I did find this, he told Q Magazine in 2008, quote, at the opposite extreme stylistically, and he was referring to the musical excess of the millionaire waltz, there's almost nothing in this. It's our three ages of man anthem. 
And Brian commented about the recording of this song in NPR saying, quote, we were working in an old disused church in North London and it already had a nice sound. And there were some old boards lying around, but they just seemed ideal to stamp on. (laughs) That's awesome that they did it in a church. And I, I don't know if it was just the clapping and the stomping or if they actually did the vocals in the church as well. that it, They very well may have. When I listened to the audio of this, it does sound quite reverb heavy. You know, yeah, it's isolated. It's very, very thick. It's very layered, but there's a certain quality to those vocals as well. But man, how cool would that have been to see them doing this in, in an old church? Hey, this works. I like this. I love cathedral sounds. I love the way voices sound. I love going into a church that's empty and just singing in it. It's, it truly is a heavenly experience. I mean that. It, it just feels when you do it that way. It's awesome. Guys, you might want to take a little breath right now. I know I'm going to. I'm probably going to take a sip of water because the facts I found about this song are so numerous. It's, it might take us like 10 minutes. So I'm just going to take a swig of water. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. Yes, that is direct from Mr. Mercury (laughs) and how he would open a lot of their set lists. Okay. We will rock you facts. This is one of Queen's most covered, sampled, parodied, well-loved songs. It's been heard in countless TV shows and films, Full House, Dodgeball, The Replacements, Sucker Punch, just to name a few. And the song title is also used in the We Will Rock You musical, which debuted in 2002. It's been performed by many artists, including U2, Alanis Morissette, My Chemical Romance, with Brian, actually, and Jesse J, of course, with Brian and Roger at the 2012 Olympics in London. Brian was inspired to write the song after a racist tour performance in which the crowd sang, You'll Never Walk Alone from the musical Carousel. After Queen's encore, Brian was so moved by this, the idea of something chanting and rousing came to him. And he actually said he had a dream about this. So whether or not he wrote this specifically to just rouse the audience to have them join in, or if it was, as he actually alluded to, this three ages of man thing with the kind of the futility of man, maybe it's a little bit of both. I love that Brian is so dynamic in his writing that way. That's, again, one of the things I love most about him. The guys recorded themselves stomping and clapping many times over. Additionally, engineers, roadies, and even their tea lady, Betty, supposedly joined in. And Brian staggered the stomps and claps in delays of prime numbers, a technique known as non-harmonic reverberation. I love that word, reverberation. It creates an atmosphere of a much more massively huge crowd, bigger stomps and claps. It's very cool, actually, how that works. And I love that as a scientist, he approached it that way. Now, almost immediately upon the single's release, radio stations began playing We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions back to back. And the guys played it this way live. So when they would play it on their set list, they would play We Will Rock You, the classic album version, and they would proceed to play We Are the Champions. And a lot of times they did this after or before the encore. So it would officially close out 
the gig. And then they would play God Save the Queen, of course, and then they'd take their leave from the stage and, and tell the audience they loved them, et cetera. Now, the music video with the guys stomping and clapping on a stage outside in the snow was filmed in the back garden of Roger's new mansion. And he said at the time, quote, we shot it on the grounds of a country house I just bought in Surrey and we hadn't completed the sale. So we weren't allowed in the house. We figured we might as well shoot it here. It was absolutely freezing cold and we did three takes, unquote. And Brian used a copy of his guitar during the shoot to protect his real deal from any weather damage. John is credited as a vocalist for the background vocals. <gasps> this is probably the first time this has ever happened. And I tried to find out if this is actually legit, you guys, because I, I found that on Genius. So I don't know if it's entirely true. I hope it is. I really, really hope that is true because it makes me want to give a little shout out to my favorites, Disco Diki. This song quickly caught on at sporting events, especially in American football. Thanks to the stadium-like stomping and clapping atmosphere, the guys scored their first official American number one with this song. And champions when the single reached number one on record world chart which was the most influential trade magazine in america at the time so while this didn't actually hit number one in the u.s on the billboard it hit number one on the record world chart that's pretty cool huh supposedly lyrics for this in one section were originally johnny you're a hard man rather than buddy you're a hard man in reference to a run-in that Freddie had with none other than Johnny Cash. And Johnny made some sort of a dig at Queen. I don't know if that's true. I really don't know if that's true. That might be an urban legend thing. It's still kind of cool just to think about that happening. I love Johnny Cash as well. So it's kind of like, ooh, wow, did that really happen? In 2017, to mark the 40th anniversary of News of the World and its release, Queen released some early demo takes of tracks, including this Goody, we will rock you. You can hear shuffling around in the studio. There's false starts and a much less addicting and refined guitar solo. In fact, when I listened to it, I was thinking, Brian, what are you doing? <laughs> but you have to remember, it's a demo version. It's, I would call it a scratch track. It's them getting it together. And it's quite fun to listen to that. I might link to it in the episode description. It's very, very cool. Okay. I found a great comment from Rolling Stone. I, I find great, great comments from Rolling Stone all the time because Rolling Stone was always backhanded stuff against Queen. Anyway, yes, commented in a backhanded fashion that the song, quote, has the atmosphere of a political rally in a Lenny Reifenstahl movie and is at once a rock anthem and a commandment, unquote. You know what? Other than this comment... I can't find a thing from anyone else that harshly criticizes this song, and, and for good reason. So here's some great stuff from the press. The Valley News called this a, quote, standout, saying it would be a, quote, killer in concert due to Mercury's hot acapella vocals, the band's hooky chorus, and Taylor's heavy rock beat made all the more hypnotic by the in-time mass hand claps recorded behind it. I find that funny because... There are no drums in this song. Do your homework, Valley News. Jeez. Anyway, Washington Post wrote it, quote, 
has a marvelously primitive, ritualistic, tribal quality to it, and is a song that both reflects and heaps on the criteria applicable to the best in rock music, energy, communal, reveling, insistent percussion, celebrative rebelliousness. Wow, I'm having a hard time getting through these words against any norm, unquote. As far as fan sentiment, you guys, obviously, people love this. It's just compulsory at this point. This song is so embedded in our collective subconscious. It's just a part of life. (laughs) That's how iconic it is. A few accolades I want to mention. We Will Rock You was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2009. Rolling Stone ranked it number 330 of the 500 greatest songs of all time in 2004, which is pretty funny when you consider their initial review. And of course, it was number 146 on the Songs of the Century list in 2001. And for good reason. Loud, raucous, edgy, mad, mean, stomp, stomp, clap. Freddie. It's all Freddie. His lead vocals are heat, energy, live wire. Even the vocal arrangement is pretty simple. Not a lot of movement from the tonic. And those backing vocals, yes! How can you not love this and join in? That's the whole point. We breeze through. Can I say breeze? Is that even appropriate? (laughs) This is so loud and powerful. Anyway, we stomp through the verses. Is that better? And every time the chorus arrives, I try to pick out individual voices. But I can't. The guys are so layered with a bit of church ambience, perhaps. It's impossible to find Freddie or Roger or Brian. Or is Deke really in there? So awesome if he is. Then that glorious feedback into Brian's growling and gritty and energetic guitar, heavy on double, triple stops. Almost every note includes a harmony. It's electric and not just literally. There's a sharpness, an edge that sounds entirely alive against Brian's previous guitar solos. Any softness or poetic lyrical playing is absent. This is all rock and roll. And it's so jovial and alive, angry. It's perfect. The BBC fast version is worth noting for its bass breaks and the interesting key of E major with an almost indistinguishable tonality. While it's in a major key, we still have melodic minor notes performed, creating this very clever battle of tones throughout the song. It's a nice edgy quality to it, almost like a fight between the two. But of course, back to the original classic version. I want to say that Brian's little riff that we hear three times, it was actually only performed once and they simply doubled it, well, tripled it to be to be specific. (laughs) But yeah, if you listen to that little riff, you can tell, aside from a minor increase in volume on the last run of it, it's exactly the same thing. But you know what? That adds to the iconicness of this song and the awesomeness of this song. We will rock you. I mean, who hasn't heard this at their favorite sporting event? Let's get real. It is truly Queen's first big break in the States. I want to emphasize that because even after Bohemian Rhapsody, I think they were still kind of like this band that nobody was really sure about on the state side. And there were fans, yeah, they had fans. They they had toured here for a number of years by the time 77 hit. But this was where things really started to explode. And we're gonna talk about that more with the next song, which I think is even more important in the musical you know, firmament of things. <laughs> I've been saying that phrase a lot lately. 
But that is We Will Rock You. Queen is on it. It's on it. They're on it. And I can't wait to dig into this album some more. I'm super excited, actually, to talk about this angry, angsty thing that we're getting into. The more I think about Fight from the Inside, Sheer Heart Attack. Ugh. Get down, make love. Get down, make love. I love that song. I don't even care what it's about. I love singing it. I love listening to it. I think they took some heat for that song a little bit. I think people thought it was unfair, the messaging of the song. I'll talk about that later. It's another one of those controversial Brian May pumped up passionate delivery things that he was very, very opinionated about, kind of like son and daughter or, you know, tie your mother down, white man. You know, Brian gets into some pretty heavy, intense stuff. And I think people again, without understanding where his mindset is and that he is just this really broad thinker. I I think people maybe unfairly judge some of the stuff he does. Of course, everybody can have an opinion, but I always think, wow, Brian is just going forward with this. And I'm sorry, I'm going on tangents. I'm loving talking about news of the world. We'll talk about it some more. Hopefully this week, I want to knock another one out because guess what, guys? I'm going on a little vacay. I'm going to be out and away from my podcast for a few days next week. So I might only get some like one thing done next week. So I'm trying to knock them, knock them out, get into news of the world. I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. Have a great day, a great evening, a great night. Enjoy your life and uh, do something fun for yourself. Rock it. Prime, prime jive. Get some of that prime jive. Okay. That's not for like albums later. Stop it. That's a Roger Taylor number. I'm done. I will talk to you guys later. (laughs) Until next time.